0: Alright, creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode 104 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, the man who's getting ready to knock Lil Nas X off the top of the Billboard charts, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Travis White. And Travis, the request lines have been blowing up. Everybody's talking about it. The song of the summer, Taker Easy, is taken. Everybody by storm, man. What what do you have to say about all
1: that? Well, I'd like to thank Glenn Fry, uh, whoever else in the Eagles. <laughs> and Walsh uh, Don Henley. At <laughs> that point, Don Henley, yeah. I'd like to thank them for writing such a classic that I can just totally rip off and uh, thank The Undertaker. And what a story. I was like, you know, each stanza told a different part of his story. It was really fun to put that together. So, you know, it was really fun. A lot of fun lot of, with your encouragement. Actually, you, you're the one that brought it up and uh yeah i i did it so i did it
0: i'll take a producer credit on it that's fine there's no worries but uh you made it your own dude absolutely and uh thanks everybody for the positive response to that if you don't know what we're talking about go listen to the end of last week's episode as travis told the story of the dead man so far through our first 100 or so episodes (laughs) with the song Take Her Easy to the familiar tune of Take It Easy by the Eagles. We've also got the track exclusively on our YouTube channel as well so you can go over there just to find the song and you know if you if you know what to do, you can download the song straight off of YouTube, put it on your put it on your phone, put it on your computer, however you want to listen to it on there so you can listen to it all summer long. It's the song of the summer, man. <laughs> I hope so. You I could you could queue it up in your hearse when you're driving around as well, uh, just like the Undertaker and JBL would do if the song had been out back in 2004, because we are talking today about No Mercy 2004 and a very special first ever Last Ride match. Oh, man.
1: You excited about this one? Dude, I'm so excited. You know what occurred to me? Like, it didn't occur to me until we were doing this podcast. Like His move called The Last Ride. When he was like the biker taker, it didn't occur to me that I was like a funeral type thing. You know, it, it took me years. You're I mean, I'm saying me. back in 2000. No, I'm saying back in 2001. Oh, okay. Right? No, not now. It didn't take me <laughs> 18 more years. I'm just like, saying back then. Second. I was like, you well, know, when he first started doing, it, I was like, what the heck is that? I right, Harley Davidson motorcycle, whatever, last ride. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, got it. It's like a play on his old character. Got it. So, it Took me about a year, probably back then. But you know, do you? Uh... No, I've, I've been with it for about 17 years. I'm good. <laughs> Are you
0: aware that a tombstone is, is something that's used at a, at a grave site that,
1: that oh, reads out the... That... I thought he's just a big fan. Like, I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I named this finisher that. He just loves
0: frozen pizza.
1: <laughs> loves frozen pizza. No, yeah. I'm aware of that. Though. Okay, I okay. got the rest of the puns. I just didn't. Um, <laughs> speaking of years and, and through the years, this is episode 104, man. That's, that's two years
0: two years baby two weeks a year brother we've been doing this podcast for two years now and you know we celebrate our big hundredth episode that was our big blowout mm-hmm. but we could say thanks to all the creatures of the night who've been listening i think there's some out there that have been with us from day one episode yeah. one so there's a few of you out there but we know a lot of you have come in and uh, it always amazes me when people go back to the beginning and go through the episodes <laughs> yeah. like that so that's been awesome and Anybody, like uh, you, you always say it, Travis, anybody beyond us who listens to this, that always blows our minds. and mm-hmm. It's been a blast to go along with everybody, all, all the creatures of the night. You guys have brought us so much fun and joy and entertainment with your comments and your feedback and everything. And uh, So we appreciate your support. We appreciate you buying the t-shirts and just being along with us for the ride. We hope you'll stick around as we uh, keep it on going.
1: That's right, man. Keep on going. We're going to talk about the King of Gong style tonight. Get it going with the last ride match. <laughs>
0: Well, let's not hesitate anymore. Let's take it on back to SmackDown episode 261 on August 19th, 2004. We're going to let Undertaker and JBL uh, hop in and borrow our time traveling hers because they're going to need to use it here and uh, switch it out or whatever and take it to the SmackDown right after SummerSlam 2004 and JBL stealing a... Well, wait, did JBL win or did Undertaker win?
1: It was BQ. A a yeah, but um, who won? Oh, I think that uh, JBL won. JBL Remember, won. Take T- yeah, Taker won. The- Taker used the title, and the referee saw it. That's
0: right. Thank DQ'd you, sir. Him. Thank you yeah. for the reminder there. So yes, so. Undertaker got the win, but JBL walked away with the title. I guess he didn't really walk away. He rolled away on a stretcher yeah, after rolled. Undertaker <laughs> choke slammed him through the roof of that limo. So let's see where we go from there.
1: Yeah. So on um, yeah, like you said, August nineteenth, oh four, SmackDown. JBL's going to open the show up. He's got a new limo tonight, I, and I'm going to start calling it the Longhorn Limo. That's what I'm going to call it. So I like it. Got the, rolls out in the Longhorn Limo, and uh, it's got an unbroken roof, so that's how you know it's new. And um, his chief of staff, Orlando Jordan, is going to help him get out of the back of the limo. And JBL is looks ridiculous, man. He's got this neck brace on and a halo. He's got his head bandaged up, and it is he is so, like overselling this injury but it is beautiful heel work man like uh like you said you and I both said last week like his heel work is really good he's really good at being a heel man and he milks this whole thing and then Orlando Jordan steals this particular part of the scene by taking JBL's cowboy hat and placing it on top of the halo. So it's like five <laughs> inches on top of JBL's head, not even on his hair. It's just like, it's just like floating in the air. It's, it's beautiful, man. It's the it's most beautiful.
0: obnoxious, ridiculous thing yes. you will ever see. <laughs> Reminded me of, of, like Jerry, the King Lawler in the yes. mid nineties. Mm-hmm. And just like, he's absolutely selling this beating and just to the most hilarious, obnoxious, uh, uh, tune. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and he takes yeah. four ever to get down to the <laughs> oh, ring, yeah. too. Man.
1: Oh yeah, he does, man. He's taking the page out of Undertaker's book and taking way <laughs> too long to get to the ring, man. So so long, but man, it's I think obnoxious. The word you just said—that's the perfect word to describe his character here—is obnoxious. So, but um, like I said, he he opens the show up and um is putting over the beating he received they're kind of hush hush you know talking kind of quietly and um uh jbl struggles getting between the ropes you know he's really milking like you know the the acting of it is it's pretty good here it is they're really milking it to get in the ring and how much it hurts and stuff and um he's asking the people to quiet down since he's got a headache you know he's like i need you guys to quiet down i'm in tremendous pain and of course that's just your cue to cue up the booze and you know chant even louder and chant you suck and all that kind of stuff so he's playing them like a fiddle honestly
2: after what happened to me at Summerslam and the brutality that i suffered please hold it down i'm really hurt and then having to go and deal with a very inferior canadian that's kind of redundant Inferior Canadian. <laughs> well, this has got a sense Inferior coming. Canadian Hospital, I'm lucky to just be here today, but I gave my word, I gave my word to all my fans out there that want to chant my name, JBL, it's okay, go ahead but
1: just do it quietly please okay <laughs> he's still getting this little like his little digs in there his delivery <laughs> is so
0: good too he's like he's speaking like he's in pain and then he just kind of yeah. turns and laughs yeah he's like, ha, ha, ha. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, uh, i loved it man i know me too man like we've we've kind of both both of us turned a corner on this jb I, I think I hate to say it. Thank I think
0: you. I'm a JBL fan, Travis. I, I, think don't, so, know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here.
1: <laughs> I know I'm slowly turning into one, Ugh. so it's it's sad. I don't like this I, about myself. But you know what? I, I'm I'll, I'll admit it though. I'll swallow my pride and admit it. So I, I missed out. We missed out on some good stuff here that yeah. we uh, didn't watch mat down for, but. Anyway, he did say that he guaranteed the victory at the SummerSlam, and he did get that win by DQ. You know, he's a man of his word, which reminded me of Vince back in what was that '98, '99 when he used to guarantee stuff, and it always happened. You know, so that's right. That's always good heel work. You know, so. But he says that you know, JBL says that um, you know, one day he envisioned his Hall of Fame speech. Uh, you know, and talking about in his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, he's going to talk about how his victory over the Undertaker was his defining moment, but the undertaker stole that victory out of cowardice, you know, and what he did was evil and his heinous and just plain mean. <laughs> it's just, that's like, that's like Andy Kaufman, uh, verbiage right there, man. It was just funny. funny. Yeah. So, um, he shows us these, you know, clips of uh, taker and, um, Seal clips and, and he he tries to basically frame the story and retell the story that Taker brought the belt in the ring because he was afraid, which as we know is not true. But he's just you know that's what heels do they retell the story to make themselves look better and it's it's good stuff, man. Um, honestly, some heels nowadays could pay attention to what's going on here. Yeah, it's textbook. So, um, yeah, and uh, he's you know going over all of Taker's uh, disp- despicable actions and um, he but before he does it, so he says, you know, I want to tell all you all you people at home with TiVo which is a sign of the times you know I want you to pause it put the women and children away because I want to show you something that you don't need to be you know they don't need to be seeing so he shows this face of pure evil which is like still frame of taker with his eyes rolling back of his head and that blood on his chest and it is pretty freaky to see a still frame of it so um yeah pretty gross man it's a perfect one but he says you know I thought I'd seen the face of pure evil but uh you know this is you know, the actual face of pure evil, you know, right here is Taker her because he's saying, you know, I've been over to to Iraq, unlike the Canadian army, which the crowd boo's that, you know, he's just disparaging <laughs> the Canadians here, but, um, you know, saying that the Iraqis were the face of pure evil, but really it's Taker her here, so, um, it's kind of weird how this stuff mirrors today's politics, Dude, it's kind of it, obnoxious it, too. Yeah,
0: there's <laughs> a lot of stuff in here.
1: Yeah, he could be, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll leave the politics out of it, but anyway, it's, um, He's whining and, and talking more about his pain, and he you know he st- stood up to evil just like the good old US of A, which, again, they're in Canada tonight, so they're booing and everything. So he says the taker's never, ever going to get a rematch, and you can break my bones, but you can't break my spirit, and I guarantee you'll never become WWE champion again. Then he ends it by saying uh, thank you and God bless America, which <laughs> is just perfect heel stuff, man, perfect heel stuff. I love it. yeah. And then, of course, the lights go down and Taker's music comes up and the smoke hits and we hear the gong or bell, whatever you want to call it from now on. I'll I'll never be able to to think of gong and not hear Goldberg's music (laughs) when I hear that. So, um, you know, we hear that and Taker comes out on the stage and Taz calls him, here comes the real O.D., the original Dead Man. (laughs) Good lord, <laughs> dude! Who was? Is there another dead man? Was there any question? Right. <laughs> is there
0: a new dead man? Uh,
1: I don't know, man. The O.D. Know. It's Taz is trying, man. He's got some other stuff he's gonna say, and we're gonna talk about this episode that is just stupid. I'm just thinking so, O.D.
0: from Garfield and Friends. Exactly, Here comes O.D. <laughs> little yellow dog, the big dog.
1: The, the, oh no that could be a shirt the od (laughs) take her like a little od with taker like garb on anyway
0: yeah trying way too hard
1: yeah um well orlando jordan is going to grab a chair and from outside and he's going to stand his ground in the ring and jbl kind of backs up and backs up uh, like and falls on his back like a turtle michael cole says um so taker slowly makes his his way down to the ring and jbl and jordan slowly going to leave over the barricade and head to the crowd and um jbl is going to even fall into a fan quote unquote lap as they leave i'm assuming that was a plan i don't know if he was a fan or not but he falls in somebody's uh somebody's lap and taker just keeps staring him down as they bail and they uh made the mistake of leaving the wwe title in the ring Mm. and so taker's going to walk over to it pick it up and Look at it as the crowd's going to cheer him on, which is pretty pretty cool. I really dug that scene. Um, but this whole entire thing took 17 minutes, man. Like 15 that, of those were
0: JBL getting in the ring.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it took 17 minutes, and Taker wasn't even the long one there. So yeah, it was. Uh, it took a lot of ate a lot of TV time. Uh, but I'll tell you what, man, it was JBL's heel work was great. Taker just came out to the point. Pick the title up, scared them away. It just, you didn't have to say a word and you, you got it, you That's know, right. which is fantastic. Nobody else does it like him.
0: <laughs> and you want to see JBL get his teeth knocked down his throat yes. as soon as possible, which is the whole idea here. So yeah, I'm a fan of that and it continues on next week. Smackdown 262, August 26, 2004. And I'll tell you what, Travis, the only guy in my opinion giving JBL will run for his money during this time is Teddy Long because he is all in his oh, yeah. character he is cracking me up He his car gets destroyed in this brawl between Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle because there's been all this confusion with Eddie's low rider and cars getting beat up well they accidentally beat up Teddy Long's car and he's just beside himself backstage, crying about it, and it's he's cracking me up, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> his he's car lying, he's had for man. 10 he's years, so... yeah. and, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Uh, oh, well, maybe I can clean the glass out. Oh, maybe it's not so bad. Oh, my God. It's just so funny. Uh, well, he's in a bad mood, and JBL and Orlando Jordan roll up in the Longhorn limo, and that just sets Tay Long off, because, you know, his car's all messed up, and... JBL is still got his back brace and his halo <laughs> on, and he's uh, committed to his character too. Yes, he looks like an absolute fool, but he's crying about the treatment he received from Undertaker last week, and he tried to call Teddy Long all week, and Teddy didn't return his calls or his emails or anything like that. So he had to travel all the way to. Then uh, uh, he ask Orlando Jordan, "Where are we?" and <laughs> Orlando says, "Fresno," and JBL's <laughs> like, "Oh." Fresno, God, <laughs> he's just it's play, playing Vincent Man. I feel like oh yeah, <laughs> so he's like I had to travel all the way to Fresno, and uh, Teddy Long's like I say he's in a bad mood. So he says JBL going to have to defend his title tonight, and JBL's like well of course I can't compete tonight. I'm injured. I'm hurt. I'm I'm in a halo. And Teddy Long says well if you're in no condition to compete. Your chief of staff can defend the WWE championship for you. There you go. And if JBL wins, he can keep his title. And if not, his opponent will win it. And his opponent is going to be the Undertaker. (laughs)
1: There it is.
0: So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Orlando Jordan is going to defend the WWE championship tonight on SmackDown. That is a real thing that happened.
1: Yep. Chalk that one up. (laughs) Surrogate champion... I would I would miss that every question too. Yeah, oh. uh, you, he can say he defended the WWE championship
0: on uh, in the main event of SmackDown. He can. Oh boy, and talk about people who do not deserve their opportunities. Uh, massive Tool Josh Matthews is going to be talking to Paul <laughs> Heyman in the ring, and Paul Heyman is tying it back together. He doesn't mention Undertaker by name, but he says the last time you saw him, he was on his knees begging for forgiveness, and now he's here in the ring gloating. And he goes back to these weird dog analogies that he was doing yeah, with Undertaker I here for a while. And now he says he's got himself a guard dog who's going to be loyal to him. And that man is
1: Heidenreich. So, What's his name again? Uh, Heidenreich. Oh. I it the 400 name. times watching these episodes.
0: You know, Vince loved saying this guy's name
1: oh yeah hide hide, and ride just say it as much as
0: possible
1: hide (laughs) and ride it's such a Vince thing it is this guy has got Vince written all over it absolutely Uh. well
0: I'll tell you what he got over with me on this night though because first thing he does when he comes out of the ring is beats the absolute crap out of Josh Matthews so I was actually (laughs) like man, maybe this guy's not as bad either (laughs) <laughs> uh, he de- he beats the mess out of him. He does nasty shoulder breaker and Ooh, yeah, it's uh it's rough looking, uh, but not as rough as the catchphrase that Paul Heyman tries to get over here. Hmm. That's not height. That's height and right.
1: <laughs> that one didn't make any T-shirts either. No, I don't think they ever made a guy like merchandise. Oh, <laughs> um, if they did, yeah, I bet I mean, Randy
0: Turco has it.
1: Yeah, Josh Matthews asked if, if Heidenreich's going to live up to the hype, and my answer is no.
0: Yeah, eh,
1: no, no. Not a chance.
0: Unfortunately, that's not going to be the last we talk about him on this episode. So
1: No, we'll actually cover two episodes. Oh, just boy. To get him. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, I uh, mean, on this particular episode. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. I, yeah. I just mean future episodes. Yeah. Talking and take her. Jeez. Devoted to Heidenreich. Oh. <laughs> Well, I can't tell which is
0: worse, Heidenreich or Orlando Jordan, but we got more of him. Flip a coin. Orlando Jordan's not that bad tonight, actually, because he's pretty funny in this backstage segment with JBL. Uh, JBL's depressed Mm. over what's going on with Orlando Jordan, and he goes to give Orlando Jordan a pep pep talk backstage, and OJ says, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I win tonight, and JBL says, You're going about this all
2: You're putting way, way too much pressure on yourself. Okay, look, I know it's The Undertaker. I mean, he's, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. But, but you're Orlando Jordan. I mean, come on. How many main events have you been in? Well, none, really. Oh, God. What? What? I said, I, I said, by God, you're fresh. You're new. You're a blue chipper. You're a two-time All-American. The Undertaker's got nothing on you. I mean, so you're the underdog. Look! Look what Mel Gibson did as Braveheart. Actually, he got captured and tortured to death. Okay, okay, bad example, bad example. All right?
1: All right. <laughs> so, but at the time, you know Vince wrote this line. You know he just saw Braveheart. He's <laughs> been out for like ten years at this point. He came out in '94, '95. You probably right. just saw it though, because think about it, they used the uh, thing for Hollywood the next year at WrestleMania 21 mm. coming up in a few months. They used the Braveheart thing with Ric Flair. And uh, Triple H. So, that's right. So you know Vince just saw it.
0: <laughs> New favorite movie. And that's why he made The Highlanders. The exactly. gimmick. It came right after this, too. So, yeah, you're probably exactly. right. <laughs> well, Orlando but yeah, That up. was a funny interaction. Like, it yeah, was. He <laughs> actually died. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. Uh, yeah. Orlando says, you know, what would really help me is if I could wear the WWE Championship to the ring tonight, since I'm defending it for you. And mm-hmm. JBL's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That'll, that'll help you. And pats him on the back, sends him on his way. And JBL just looks off into the distance and says, well, I'm screwed. <laughs> 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 just resigns himself to the fact lives he's losing today. Uh, oh, so, man. yeah, again, we were not watching SmackDown during this time, so we completely forgot about this, but... OJ comes out to the ring, holding the championship, lifts it up over his head, and he is defending it on this episode of SmackDown, dude. This is uh, closest he will ever get.
1: Yeah. it's And this is such a WCW thing, man. Like, mm. have a surrogate-type champion, you know what I'm saying? like, And they would have gotten made fun of for doing this kind of stuff, but they probably did it all the time in the mid-90s and late-90s. and. But you know, I do like the concept of it. Having your little stooge has to, you know, the storytelling. I do, I do like. I just hate this Orlando Jordan because he blows. So he <laughs> <It> does. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> the uh, well, the announcers uh, blow it too. They blow it a few times yeah. during this episode, man. But they incorrectly say that this is the first time this has ever happened that a surrogate champion will defend a title and substitute yeah. for them to defend their title. It has happened. It happened in WCW. It happened in WWE multiple times. Mm-hmm. I believe the first example off the top of my head was when uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel were supposed to face Owen Hart and British Bulldog and uh, or Owen Hart and Yokozuna and British Bulldog sub in mm-hmm. for Owen Hart and like at nineteen ninety five in your house, but it's happened other times and yeah. it's just again, it does How much not import rule. Yeah. You know stuff like that. It's not important, but it makes you know your hardcore fans just like roll their eyes and be like, right. But uh, anyway, it's not going to end well for Orlando Jordan here. He he gets his shots in, and Undertaker gives him a little bit, but he is severely outmatched. And eventually, JBL is going to interfere in here. Taker's going to go for the cover, and JBL yanks the ref out of the ring at the very last second as he's counting three and gets Orlando Jordan disqualified. And Undertaker's obviously very unhappy about this, so he wraps the goozle around JBL and rips the neck brace off of him, uh, use, rips the back brace off of him, slams him into the announce table, and tosses JBL into the ring and gives JBL a massive, massive choke slam to uh, send him back in and, and get him on his way and reveal that uh, he's not really as injured as he thought he was, but... He is gonna continue to be even worse injured if he keeps messing with the Undertaker. Uh, as Taz gets in the line of the night here and oh. says,
1: I, I, "I'm you, I can hear
2: JBL's spine crack like peanut brittle."
1: <laughs> Dude, that was an amazing line of just sheer stupidity and just like. All, all they could think of on the spot was peanut brittle. <laughs> could you imagine if someone said that nowadays, how Twitter would blow up about how stupid that comment was or how PG it like I can hear a cracker like peanut brittle. Like, <laughs> People on social media <laughs> would blow up today how stupid the product is because of that. And, like, dude, it was right here, and it's Taz. It was so stupid. He even brings it up next week on comment <laughs> later on. <laughs> Taz is a weird
0: dude, man. He, uh, he hits, hits people with walks. He used to work construction, he loves to eat peanut brittle. Loves <laughs> he loves peanut brittle. I love peanut brittle, it's delicious. I think about it one day a year on Christmas when I that's the Delipable. only time I ever eat Okay. <laughs> I'll get Let you me something get. for Delipable Christmas.
1: Twice a year. That's about it. Man. I don't want them. I don't ever eat it more nah, than man. once a year either. You You're and right. Taz.
0: <laughs> keep it in keeping the stash of it all the time.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yep sounds good stuff peanut brittle All right, we're gonna move on to the next smackdown this is uh september 2nd of four so we are in our lives we are fully ingrained in our freshman year of college at this point so um yeah i guess we started a few weeks before this so anyway so um just <laughs> fyi this is a little go. time stamp
0: for where we are <laughs> at in life during this at. time so yeah no, not watching wrestling quite as much during this time. Distracted with girlfriends and college yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah,
1: yeah. new, new, uh, yeah, new experience in college and everything like that. So, um, well, the new uh, GameCube Dave Reckoning is previewed on this episode of SmackDown by showing off the Undertaker's entrance in the game. So. I can say I never played this game, ever, because GameCube uh, threw me off because it had discs instead of cartridges. So I never played it. <laughs> so I was offended. I was yeah. offended a purist.
0: I think I mentioned this before.
1: I, I, yeah.
0: I can count on one hand the number of times I played a GameCube game, period, if, if yeah. ever. I'm not sure if I ever did, but it had to be less than five times. So definitely didn't play this one. I uh, didn't have a GameCube. I was a, I was a no. PlayStation guy.
1: Yeah, at this point, I'd, I'd gone over to the PlayStation side. So, um, anyway, well, later on, JBL and um, Orlando Jordan are going to come out for Orlando Jordan's match against Charlie Haas. And um, JBL no longer has his neck brace on or his halo. So, I guess when Taker ripped it off last week, he healed him. I don't know. So, <laughs> But, anyway, they, he's on commentary. And uh, commentary is recapping the, the goings on from last week. And, uh, like I said, JBL joins us. And Cole or says that, you know, people are speculating that you weren't really hurt that bad last week, and you didn't really need the halo for as long as you had it on. And um, it's funny because uh, in real life, like, the way that um, Bradshaw or JBL responds to him, it's almost like as if they're hanging out backstage. And the stories you hear about him being a bully and the way he he would – you know, quote unquote, bully people on commentary when he was on SmackDown and stuff. Like, it's actually funny because you can see that shining through right here. Like, it's <laughs> part of his real life character. He's just berating Michael Cole and stuff. It's kind of funny, but, um, but anyway, he does say that uh, J- Taker's never going to get another title shot. He reiterates that, and um, Taz is like, "Well, then, who do you think is going to be the number one contender? Like, who, who like, who are you going to pick?" And so, um, JBL says, "You know what? I tell you what. I'll give Charlie Haas the next WWE title shot if he can defeat Orlando Jordan tonight." So. Unfortunately, he doesn't. But that would have been cool. That would have been it's great. Really cool to see Charlie Haas do yeah. that. So
0: I'm down with it. Yeah. He kind of reminded this... me during this time of like Chad Gable nowadays. Like he sure. kept, keeps showing up on these Smackdowns and like having good matches and doing stuff, but they just have no idea what to do with him. He's just he's just yeah. out there having good matches, and and like just... you can tell they like him and they appreciate right. him, kind of like Chad Gable. Like mm-hmm. they know he's good, but they just. They can't figure
1: out what it is to do with, to do them. with them. That's a great uh great parallel to today's product Chad Gable. Who tore up the tore up the mat a few weeks ago with Jack Geller. I've just got to say on two i have they they ripped the place down. But anyway, yeah, I love Chad Gable. I like Charlie Hoss back then too. Yeah. He just um he, he he definitely had more charisma when Jackie was out there with him, I think. When he was by himself he didn't have much, but I always liked him and Shelton together. Oh, but yeah, man, he was definitely yeah, that Chad exactly. Gable spot in here. So good stuff. Unfortunately he does not win. Um, we know that that's like that's not gonna happen. So, um, but Cole keeps bringing up the Undertaker and JBL doing something that you're supposed to do as a heel. He does put over his opponent. He puts over Taker, being a legend, you know, being unstoppable. Does all these you know attributes of him, but says you know it doesn't matter because he's not getting a title shot. So, know well, Jordan wins after Haas runs into an exposed turnbuckle and JBL says, "Well, I guess I'm on the hunt for another one, number one contender," and uh, he gets in the ring and just gets a clothesline from from Hell on. Charlie Haas for good measure. And um, yeah, it's about about it. So uh, there is a good main event here, though. Just side note, it's Angle and Eddie just killing it in a two out of three falls match. Uh, they get soiled right at the end by Luther Reigns. So God,
0: dang.
1: Uh, before that, it was fantastic. The 30 minutes before that or whatever it was was awesome. So
0: yeah, just a lot, showing
1: they can still go at this point.
0: A lot of bad finishes going on. Seems mm-hmm. to be an epidemic during this time. Mm-hmm. Well,. Continue rolling on to September 9th, 2004, and you can probably tell at this point, this is during the stretch where we're alternating months between the brand pay-per-views, so they're stretching these storylines yeah. out, which is which can be nice. You know, you can get mm-hmm. a little extra build in there and take your time with it, but you do get it some your fluff more time in there. Off. He gets, you know <laughs> <laughs> gets his middle aged ministry perks. Uh, JBL's well, still gotta go to work every week. He has a non title yeah. match here with Charlie Haas to continue that storyline <laughs> going on. And uh, it's a decent little match. JBL gives Charlie Haas a good bit of offense here. And then JBL just cuts this interminably long promo after the match. It's just forever long. Says his title reign is responsible for making America great again. And uh, then uh, reiterates that he is not going to give Undertaker another title shot tonight. Or or ever again. Uh, Instead, in two weeks, he's going to give the Undertaker a funeral uh, why in two weeks? I have no idea. I guess he thought Undertaker had
1: another week off or something like that. <laughs> he talked to HR, Michael Cole. <laughs> Who's talent relations at this point? Was it uh, still JR? Uh, maybe talked to JR. Yeah, yeah. JR. Been. Maybe yeah. Johnny Ace. I don't know when he gives it.
0: <laughs> but uh, he says he's going to give Taker the last ride that he deserves. And that brings out the hearse into the arena as Undertaker's old-school, classic, original music starts yes. playing over the speakers, a nice little touch. It was. And JBL's laughing, gloating about this. I don't know exactly what his plan was here, but his plan gets <laughs> yeah. interrupted by Theodore Long as his music starts playing, and he tells JBL to hold on a minute, play it. And he's the only one who gets to make number one contenders, and he thinks The Undertaker deserves a title shot at No Mercy. Uh, JBL starts protesting, saying, "I'm still injured. I can't fight him, <laughs> even though he just beat Charlie. <laughs> <Yeah. off. laughs> it's, it's perfect textbook. I know, it really is. Well, uh, Teddy's not having it, and he says it's not only going to be for the championship; it's going to be a last ride match. And he
1: crowd goes mild. <laughs> yeah,
0: never heard of that, so they don't really yeah. care. Uh, Teddy explains, though, that it's basically like an ambulance match. So no pinfalls, no submissions. you got to stuff your opponent in the back of a hearse and close the door to send them on their last ride. Uh, And that is uh, not too exciting to JBL as he talks about it with Orlando Jordan and protests. And he's going to have to come up with a different plan here uh, to take out The Undertaker now. And what a plan it will be.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. This is SmackDown, September sixteenth, 04. <clears throat> we we get a backstage uh, pre-tape of JBL and Orlando Jordan, who's drinking from a Subway cup. Nice little product there. placement there. there you yeah, go. Subway with the Subway like facing the camera, so you can see the product. <laughs> it's like Michael Bay was directing this scene or something. But uh, anyway, they're just they, and basically they're discussing whether or not JBL is actually scared of Taker. You know, o- OJ's like, you know, people think you're kind of scared. Of well, I'm not scared of him. You know what? know I'll prove it tonight. You know he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out Taker and prove I'm not scared. And OJ um, OJ's like, uh, maybe you shouldn't. But anyway, <laughs> the Longhorn limo rides out, and uh, they the chief of staff and JBL get out of it. And JBL says he's gonna prove that he is worthy of their adulation. Uh, and he says, forget the funeral. I'm gonna take care of Taker right now. And he calls Taker out to the ring. So Taker obliges. Uh, he was here this night. So <clears throat> and um, when Taker enters the ring, uh, JBL sends Orlando Jordan to the back, and he says, you know, I'm going to face him in one-on-one. So, going to prove to the fans that, um, <clears throat> you know, like I said, he's he, he can stand up to him, and he's not scared. So, sends him there. And I just want to say, too, like, Taker's got – and JBL both have their eyes locked on each other the entire time, which is pretty cool. It really adds some uh, intensity to this um, silliness just kind of been going on with JBL's, you know – silly over the top and overselling kind of stuff but it is really cool to see them kind of just lock eyes the whole time and um as he as taker's coming out you know we see the recap of the choke slam through the limo and all that kind of stuff so but like i said jbl tosses his hat off or takes his jacket off and sends oj to the back and very 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 intense stare down right here both guys i just i can't applaud this character work enough it's really good
0: I love it, man. They just keep
1: undressing one item at
0: a time. <laughs> JBL takes his <laughs> hat off. Undertaker has hit off, His yeah. hat off. Tie comes off, jacket comes off. Man, yeah. they're getting
1: down to business. They are, man. If they took the straps down, they'd be all Dude, on. They were so, right there, ready
0: <laughs> to. They're almost
1: there. Um. Well, it's, yeah. Good stuff, man. JBL's rolling his sleeves up, even It's just a cool <laughs> little touch. Man. I just, I do love that, man. I really do. Yeah. I like that. It might be silly and stupid, but I, I do like it. You know. Um. So, take your. Uh, they they, well, they he starts punching Taker and they they start going at blows and punching each other and Taker hits him with a big boot and goes for he goozles him go for a choke slam but JBL falls back on his butt and he's kind of cowering away like no 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 and all of a sudden he gets this huge smirk on his face and um, Orlando Jordan returns to the ring with the ghost of Taker's past mm. so <clears throat> Taker turns around and Gangrel And Viscera attack him. Yes! (laughs) So, I do not have any (laughs) recollection of reading this, seeing this, anything, dude. I do not remember this happening at all, man. But uh, I will say this. I don't think the crowd remember Gangrel because they did not react <laughs> at all to him. They're
0: just in shock, you know? But, you think?
1: <laughs> That's a Michael Cole spin right there. <laughs> Dude. Oh, this crowd is in shock. Yeah.
0: JBL's got his own middle-aged ministry, man.
1: <laughs> yes, he does. He That's incredible. In the, his old ministry partners, um, you know, Gangrel and Vistra, and they're going to come out and, and this beat is up surreal. their surreal. It really is, man. Their old leader. Um, They put a beat down on him, and uh, O.J. as well tags in there, and they start all going after Taker. But then, of course, Taker sits up and lays all three guys out like only John Cena or Undertaker can. It
0: didn't last long.
1: (laughs) No, it didn't. But um, in a good bit of continuity, though, commentary does bring up how Taker – they were in Taker's ministry years ago. But they leave out a fact that ticked me off that JBL was also in the ministry. They just – Leave that out, which is insulting as a long-term fan, you know.
0: It is, and it's it's kind of like the whole point of this. Like, right? He, he was in the ministry too, so now he's making his own ministry right. with these guys. Like, you know, as a fan, I think would get added. that. Yeah, it would have added yeah. to it. It would have made it cooler and made more sense. But
1: and they could have gone on, like you know. I couldn't get to the top when you, because you were holding mm. me down, you know. Mm. Now look where I'm. I'm the champion. I'm at the top, you know. I left you. I left Texas. I'm in New York now. Yeah, you know they could have gone with it, and you know he could have put more blame on Taker for holding it back or something. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. That's armchair quarterback in here, but um, I do appreciate the continuity there. But um, uh, eventually Taker's going to eat a clothesline from Hell, and then they get an elbow from Gangrel, who does this crazy little like people's elbow. <laughs> thing? Yeah. it's it's ridiculous. I love it. But yeah, me too. And then King Mabel, I mean, is going to give him two huge splashes, former King of the Ring. And the henchman going to leave as JBL poses him with one foot on, on Taker's chest. And I thought he might be winning the old 24-7 title there, <laughs> <laughs> like the old guys do nowadays. <laughs> one foot on the chest. Bring back Gangrel
0: and JBL for that 24-7 oh, title.
1: Yeah. Yes. I, I, I saw
0: Gangrel that. was at the Performance Center and guest coaching this past yeah. week.
1: he was. So good for him, man. Who knows what he's doing nowadays. Um, that guy its crazy, man. But anyway, it's good to see him here on my TV. And JBL hugs and celebrates with Viscera and Gangrel and OJ. And But you know what would have made this reunion more impactful, in mm. my opinion? I don't know. What do you think? Midian.
0: The unsung hero of this podcast. Where
1: is he? Surely Dennis Knight wasn't too busy that he couldn't have made it to SmackDown this night. I mean, are you kidding me? What the heck? He would have jumped at the opportunity. Where was old Tex Lazinger at? <laughs> he could have been there. Oh, oh yeah, man. it I really was, does. Yeah. It feels
0: like what it feels like he's missing from this. It really I know does.
1: it really does, man. It's like I don't know. It's like the FBI nowadays without Chuck Palumbo on That's TV. It's not, the not the same. Yeah. it's just not. Because when you think ministry.
0: You think Vistra and Midian. You don't. Right. I mean, Gengrel was there, but it's like. He's brewed to
1: me. Though. He's brewed, yeah. You know, yeah. they were briefly in the ministry. A subset of the ministry. Yeah, right. I think ministry. I think, well, because and. I mean, well, Midian's the first one he inducts into exactly. the freaking. Midian. He sacrificed yes. him on stage. Come on, man. Yeah. So, anyway. But yeah, I was a little disappointed personally that we didn't see Midian because, again, we. Open invitation to this podcast, Dennis. <laughs>
0: so, Maybe he threw away want. all his clothes and he could, couldn't find his outfit. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> he's could have called it. Mick Foley <laughs> Got some sweatpants and a t-shirt with an eyeball on it. I'm sure yeah. Foley's got some of those. Yeah. So, um, Well, anyway, we get a promo for next week. That we're going to have the season premiere of SmackDown. And uh, that's right before Heiden does whatever he does to Michael Cole in Bruh. the backstage I-
0: yeah, <laughs> bro, <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: disturbing. It's disturbing then. It's disturbing now. It's <laughs> horrifying.
2: Uh,
1: I bet you're wondering
2: why I got you back here, Michael. <sighs> well, I've been watching you, and I've been studying you, Michael. And I know me and you—we want the same things. We have the same desires. <sighs> Well, now that I've got you back here, all along with me, I'm going to give you what you want.
0: If Um, you've never seen this, Hyden Wright kidnaps Michael (laughs) Cole, takes him to the back... And then whoa, it <laughs> takes him in the back. <laughs> That's what it appears. He's just up behind him, like the Yeti. Grind like we don't see yeah. the their lower halves, but he just keeps jumping up behind Like wh- what is supposed to happen. be happening?
1: I don't know, man. It's a super glass of yakaroni, though. It's disgusting. And uh, and then
0: reads some poetry. Yeah, he's
1: yeah, Heidenreich is is a. Uh, Announcing poetry at some point. I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense. And Even more insanity on SmackDown is that uh, Kinzo Suzuki and... Well, yeah, I'm sorry. It's during that match. It's Kinzo Suzuki and Rene Dupree who just show you how far Kinzo has fallen now. And now tagging against the FBI. And that's when Heidenreich comes out. So yeah. just... SmackDown's
0: the fact weird. fact that
1: those guys are even on the TV. <laughs> it sucks. And then uh, Heidenreich and Cole. And it's just weird. So... Um,
0: how is that supposed to help Pyne right get over? Like, be intimidating that he right <laughs> sexually <clears throat> assaults Michael Cole backstage? Yeah, I don't know, man. What? Are, how is that supposed to draw money?
1: I don't know, but you know what is going to draw money? Speaking of that, we get a, a promo for the last ride match and a, and a little graphic for next week. G, the GM Teddy Long has made a match. It's going to two on one. With The Undertaker, Gangrel versus Viscera The oh, man implodes
0: <laughs> Let's do it, let's talk about
1: it Five years later man <laughs>
0: uh, September 23rd, 2004, Smackdown uh, This is the 5th anniversary of Smackdown And we get um, get a new intro Darn. on this episode of Smackdown After <laughs> Viscera Man opens the show And it's pretty much as forgettable as the last one Like it's I, just, I, I don't even know what this is this song lasts one week all literally. of one the week
1: next week it's a different song I, it, it's ridiculous it
0: feels like they didn't have time to get the new intro ready and like had <laughs> right. to use some temp music <laughs> for this but yes because they change it this is like no lyrics it's just like generic right. rock music and then next week we get the drowning pool theme that sticks around for a while and that i at least remembered a little bit I won't be denied.
1: Nah, I didn't remember that. Oh, one, I remember that one a little I bit. I had no idea. But yeah. the only cool thing, man, about this opening is the very beginning of it. Yeah. It's, yeah the it's dead awesome. man's
0: first shot in there, this little mm-hmm. silhouette you see on there just shows you how important he is. And it's kind of cool that on this fifth anniversary, we've got Undertaker against Gangrel and Viscera because... The Ministry of Darkness was a focal point on that first ever premiere episode uh-huh. of SmackDown, so it's a nice little tie-in. Even they probably weren't even thinking about that, no. but it's it's cool to go full circle, and we recognize that on this podcast. That's the mm-hmm. insight that you get here when we go through The Undertaker's career, and pff, I'm just excited to see Gangrel and Viscera back <laughs> yeah. on TV, dude. Gangrel. Thanks, midian. Oh man, yeah, I wish he was there. <laughs> He's there in spirit. Uh, Gangrel does his whole entrance, dude. Not not going up through the flames. They didn't have the stage to do that, or maybe Viscera wouldn't fit through there. I don't know. I was gonna say they don't have a ring of fire big enough. But he he spits the blood, gets it all over him. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's loving it, man. He, he he's they're both auditioning for jobs, I'm sure. But they're having yeah. fun while they're out there while they can.
1: And they get their own Titan like logo yeah, and everything, man. We'll post it on social media. So
0: they went all yeah. out with it here. And uh, JBL and OJ come out in the Longhorn limo to watch things. Uh, JBL stands up through the moonroof at first, and then he stands up on top of the limo to watch things. And I don't know you can guess. Undertaker gets a pretty decisive win. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's but it's fine, you know. It's yeah. it's a nice change of pace to have, you know. Nowadays. Undertaker and JBL would fight three or four times before the pay per view and trade wins or something. But mm-hmm. instead, we got Undertaker. He's getting a strong win over somebody that can, you know, it doesn't matter if Gangrel and Viscera lose, but it still makes Undertaker look strong because he beat him in a handicap yep. match. And it's a nice way to extend the rivalry. So I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Undertaker gets a very uh, stiff tombstone on Gangrel and then actually gets Viscera barely up off his feet for a chokeslam. Uh, to look strong and intimidate the Undertaker, or excuse me, <laughs> to intimidate JBL. Uh, and then further tries to intimidate JBL by staring at him as he's standing on top of his limo and then doing some sign language. He just starts, like, directing JBL to steal first base or something, like doing some spirit fingers, and uh, Michael Cole and Taz try to interpret it. Apparently he's, he's telling him two down, two to go. Basically, he's taken out Gangrel and Viscera, and now he's going to take out Orlando Jordan and JBL,
1: I guess. Well, that made sense the next week, eventually, once we find out what's coming. But yeah, this week, I was like, what is he holding up? Peace signs? He's pantomiming all these things. Is he trying to play, I don't know, charades? I wasn't sure what was going on, man. It was a lot of more sign language that I've ever seen on SmackDown. There wasn't a middle finger. Yeah, there wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) Yeah. But, dude, he takerizes Viscera, man. Oh, I forgot steps. to say it's that. That's awesome. Yeah. If those of you that have been following along, you know takerizing is when you stick that chair under their throat and slam it down. So, yeah. Took him out. <laughs> yeah,
0: he just slammed it into the steps as well. I guess he, he didn't think Viscera could bend down all the way to the floor, I think, <laughs> is what happened. But uh, it looks pretty nasty. That. Uh, and uh, yeah, we hadn't seen that since he's become the no. Undertaker. That was a dead, that uh, was a uh, biker taker thing. So right. now that he's been the Dead Man. It's nice to see the blending of those two characters continuing on. Oh yeah. And then uh, you know, just talking about SmackDown's historic moments since it is the fifth yeah. anniversary, they've got all these icons from SmackDown doing interviews on the show. They're showing clips like Big Show and Lesnar doing the suplex through the ring and. Hulk Hogan and Edge winning the tag team titles together. Just classic stuff on SmackDown. And Kurt Angle promises he's going to give us another classic SmackDown moment in the main event. And boy, does he deliver. As he shoots the big show with a tranquilizer dart and shaves him (coughs) bald. Or, uh, in the words of Michael Cole, rapes the big
1: show of his dignity. Well, he would know about that, wouldn't he? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's (laughs) it. Show's over. My God, dude. dude, take it home. He shot him with a dart. Oh, <laughs> this this takes about seventeen <laughs> minutes too. He shot the big show with a dart. It's such a cartoon, man. Like it's like Acme. Am I supposed to have Acme on the side? Yes, this is
0: Looney Tunes, <laughs> literally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, this oh, is why man. this stuff
0: gets. I, I'm not sad that we missed this stuff, man. No, it's just. <laughs> Some of it's good. Some of it's surprisingly good. But then Big Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like an elephant. Uh, just exactly. <laughs> And he kind of looks like one during this time. This yeah. is the worst period of Big Show. And his hair. I mean, thank God he shaved his head. Because that was yeah. not looking great either. But. Uh,
1: it's. It's rough, man. It's, Can you imagine the memes of this back then? If they were oh, this one <laughs> People want to crap on that Roman Reigns segment a few weeks ago on Raw or whatever. Like, this. It totally eclipses that. I'm yes, sorry. by I will a thousand times. Nowadays stuff when this, compared to this crap back then. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. A tranquilizer dart, man. He <laughs> <laughs> gets it out of the underneath the announcer's like table. Yes,
0: exactly. they didn't notice They're there was not a hate. gun underneath their table. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Well, Ugh. yeah, we're gonna go from tranquilizer darts to something else more ridiculous at the pay per view to just to keep the cartoonishness uh. going.
1: It's true. Well, um, the next SmackDown is going to bring us, if I can be serious for a minute, on SmackDown uh, 9, September 30th, uh, 2004, we got an opening graphic of In Memory of Ray Trailer, who was the big boss man, 1963 to 2004. So uh, he's an unsung hero from this podcast. We've talked about him extensively and covered him and how we were both big fans of him and just how, for a big man, he can move. Contrast him to, to Viscera or Mabel, like big man can't move, you know, big boss man could move you know whether his character in 99 was the same as it was back in the day you know whatever it really wasn't he was slowed down but he was still it was great man we both liked him a lot so it's sad to see him go um sad to relive it watching it here you know from 15 years later it just sucks
0: yeah gone too soon i remember getting a text from you letting me know Mm. that he passed away specifically (laughs) but uh like you said he was we covered him extensively on this show and his feed with undertaker and Their pay-per-view match that we covered, not one of the best, but uh, we did Mm -hmm. definitely enjoy a lot of his other stuff, so just a shame.
1: Just a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, this is that SmackDown that has a new opening song, so this has got to be like six or seven so far, right? They keep coming, Five years. They change them every year, it seems like. It's ridiculous. But anyway, this is the go-home show for No Mercy coming up in three days, so we see a graphic. We're going to get Hardcore Holly and JBL tonight in the Battle of the Attitude Era Mid-Carter's match, so... That's just what I'm calling it, not what they called it, but that's what I look at it. That's why I couldn't take... Again, not watching this stuff, uh, I was just like, dude, if I'd read SmackDown, the main event, it was going to be hardcore out hard JBL. Like, sign me out, dude. I don't, <laughs> n- those guys aren't stars in my book. You know what I'm saying? like, I don't want to watch this. So I are right. But like, honestly, nowadays, I appreciate this heel work that JBL's doing. It actually is pretty good. So, again, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit when I'm wrong. So, no big deal. But, um, well heidenreich does something that I don't think you or I ever saw anyone do, and he actually cuts a promo on top of the SmackDown fist. He's yeah. up there, he's
0: standing on there. J- yeah. Paul Heyman's screaming at him, "Don't jump! Don't jump!" <laughs> like, yeah. I think his whole care He's supposed to be psychotic and like off right. the hinges, and they don't. He's reading poetry and try I guess trying to commit suicide. Like it's. It's a very strange strange. I don't know how it's supposed to get over, but uh, yeah. it was cool to see him on the fist, because we always would be like, dude, why don't Jeff Hardy jump off the fist or do something well, like that? because you can do it on the video games, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I never realized so, until I was watching this episode of SmackDown, someone actually got up there.
1: Right. Me neither, man. That was pretty neat to see, but something that was a lot better to see was this cool vignette we're going to get. Very old school, throwback, taker vignette. We're going to get this little vignette with some eerie music playing in the background, and... Uh, Taker's standing by a hearse, basically, and he says he calls JBL Bradshaw, which I thought is is kind of neat. I guess it's throwback to, you know, no one calls him that anymore, really, <laughs> right. but he's calling right. him Bradshaw. That's how he knows him.
2: Bradshaw. At no mercy. This will be the WWE Championship, JBL. In peace.
1: So, I thought it was really cool, man. Really I cool dug program. it. What would you think? Yeah, you like it too? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm all for it. Only thing missing was Paul man. <laughs> yep, Can you imagine he'd have been there?
0: Like, Ooh, JBL. Oh, no, I'm just getting sad.
1: I <laughs> no. That'd have been so good. So, um, but yeah, it's really cool. And then we immediately cut to the Massive Tool Josh Matthews interviewing JBL about this vignette, and uh, um, it's he's wondering where Orlando Jordan is, uh, JBL can't find him, and Massive Tool Josh Matthews doesn't know where he is. And keep, hold on to that little note, folks. Remember that. So, JBL says that he's not scared, and you know he recaps all the legends that Taker has beaten, and he incorrectly says that. Taker retired Hulk Hogan in, in Hulkamania, which that wasn't the case. That was uh, Taker. Exactly. Earned, uh, I believe that was uh, Brock Lesnar in storyline, and then he came back as Mister America later on. Anyway, and then it was uh, Vince, right? Yep. Had he nothing to do other. with Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, nothing at all. So anyway, but he going over all these, you know, legends. And he says, but he has never ever beaten me. So he's JBL says that he'll Intaker's reign of terror because he's got a plan. He said he's the hunter and not the hunted. Maybe he got inspired by JB by Angle last week with the blow dart. I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. But he says, I'm going to send a message tonight by annihilating Hardcore Holly. And then at that point, Hardcore Holly just busts on the scene and <laughs> knocks JBL on his butt. And he goes, your plan just started. So I appreciate the intensity, I guess. But what does that know. mean? Yeah. Well, he had to have been standing right there. Like, off <laughs> like. He, he enters the scene so quickly. He had to have been right there. So, anyway, yeah, I don't know what that means, but, um, JBL comes out in super serious mode. He takes on Hardcore Holly, and it's a really competitive match. Goes to a commercial break, and, um, after we come back from commercial, though, it's, we see Hardcore Holly laid out and busted open, and we see that JBL busts him open with the chair, I mean, excuse me, the stairs during the commercial. So, the ref is trying to check on him, and JBL's punching him, which, um, you know it is what it is and he's trying to win and the match isn't over yet they haven't been DQ but all of a sudden the referee DQ's him so I, um this
0: made no sense to me
1: yeah i, I don't know jbl got
0: disqualified know. for wrestling,
1: or, wrestling for, like yeah. beating him up
0: like yeah. what
1: yeah i don't i don't get it man but after that, then he's gonna to continue to bounce Harker Holly's head off the steps multiple times, and they brawl around to the announce table, and he smashes his head in with a huge CTE chair shot that would make Ty Gillinger happy or it's Sean Spears over an AEW. So it would a that would have been gone gone viral just like his did because it was wicked chair shot. So yeah, it was. It was nasty. <laughs> These chair shots make me cringe, man. And there's some so, rough ones during this period. Oh yeah. Well uh jbl gets in the ring puts on his cowboy hat and uh grabs a mic and says you know i'm sending a message to the undertaker you know i'm not scared and there's not going to be any bell to save you uh at no mercy because it's no dq match which i i appreciate that storytelling yeah. you know that's kind of how we got here so um he gets a clothesline from hell on Harker holly again and then mocks takers poses and, and after he says all that and you know don't play mind games with me and uh, he keeps yakking, and the lights go out, and we hear the, we hear the gong, and the, a Titantron video appears, and Taker pops up on the screen, and he says, Bradshaw, it started with four. Gangrel, Viscera, and now Orlando. And then he looks to the side, and we see Orlando Jordan being symbolized on that Undertaker symbol, that big X-T. Oh. He's hanging on that cross symbol uh he looks all he's in his suit but he's all disheveled and beat up and he's hanging his head down like he you know kind of knocked out yeah
0: it looks like Wright got a hold of him <laughs> <laughs> Heidenreich
1: symbolized him too oh huh? good this <laughs> well the taker says and then there was one talking about jbl says you know this sunday prepare to take your last ride and he Eyes rolling back his head, and we see JBL just looking around incredulously. And as he looks up at OJ, who's symbolized up there, and um, you know, I like this because it's intense. But I just I don't know why we're reaching back to the worst era of the Undertaker stuff. Like why are we reaching back to the Ministry stuff? I don't know. Like we're reaching back, and maybe just because 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 they're not making the connection with JBL being with him. During the ministry. Yeah, you know, it would have that helped the if they did issue. that. Yeah. Right, so I just don't know. Like, that's the worst era of his history, in my opinion. Is the ministry stuff It's so hokey and cheesy. But like, we're reaching back and doing all the tropes from that. But I do. That's not to dis- diminish it. I do like it. I just wish they'd have made that connection. I don't know. I just kind of want a little more. So
0: yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I did. I liked it though because they, it was it's kinda, cool visual. Yeah, it was cool visual. It was connecting to Gangrel and Viscera sure. and that ministry stuff and. I appreciate this way of using this symbol if you're gonna use mm-hmm. it, because like when when Undertaker did it, Stone Cold, I and one of my complaints of that besides it being blasphemous, but uh, other otherwise, like what was the purpose of it? Because Stone Cold, like he was just like it's just like he was embarrassing, awake and aware. Stone, yeah. yeah. Like he wasn't hurting him. It was just like, haha, look what I did to you, and like right. he's just there. But like this, you. He's clearly sending a message to JBL, and he's beating right. up Orlando Jordan and and attached him to that, and saying, "Look what I'm gonna do to you!" Like, right. you know, I appreciate that more than what he did to Stone Cold mm-hmm. back in the day. So, if you're gonna use that symbol to do that thing with, uh, at least do it like that.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, that's the go home show. You know, that's gonna bring us to No Mercy 2004. So. Here we there are, we
0: October third, two thousand and four, from the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I actually owned this one on DVD as well, so I bought it. I guess and I'm not sure what match I was buying it for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably like Kidman <laughs> and Paul London, like Maybe. something like that uh, on there. But I don't remember a ton about it, uh, and I definitely didn't remember this main event too You it for
1: Eddie versus
0: you know, it was not that not the top of my
1: list. No, no, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen it unless I watched it with you. I can't recall ever watching this with you. Um yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> another <laughs> another turd in the, the toilet of the Smackdown shows at this point. Um yeah, man, we got we got Cena and uh Booker T in their final of their best of 5 series though. And again, that I'm sorry. it just didn't hold a candle to Booker and and Benoit, no, you know, not even that close. stuff was iconic. You know, anytime they do a best of five or best of seven, whatever, just nothing's ever gonna be like the original. Man. No, <laughs> so.
0: come up with something new. Yeah, but uh, I do think such cool things going on during the night is they actually show us clips throughout the night of all of yeah. Undertaker's four different WWE title wins, which is yeah. something you don't see really ever. And I mean, not even back then, you didn't see him do too much. Looking back. The history for that sort of stuff, but they're building up the Undertaker's championship opportunity tonight. Saying, could he win the title for the fifth time tonight? So it's a nice little bonus touch
1: on here to get you a little bit more excited for the match. It is also accomplishes the task of killing time because we have to <laughs> <laughs> we have to do that. But no, i no, serious with that. I do like it. I really liked it, and I was I was in, my 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 interest was peaked too because I was wondering, are they going to show his win over Hogan as Biker Taker? Because they haven't really mentioned. That era of him, you know, they don't really mention that he used to do that, you know. So I was very interested if they're just going to show him like holding or something. I don't know, but they did. They showed it. You know, they showed all his title wins, and I thought it was really, really cool. Um, really, really. I kind of wish I'd do that again. So, yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. But yeah, the opening video is, you know, lots of no mercy puns and highlights the main matches, which are, you know, Taker, JBL, Cena, and Booker, and Angle, and Show, and. Of course it ends with a kind of a video from that Hearst thing that Taker did and it says rest in peace and that's kinda of how we how we uh, enter in the night. We got Taz and Cole on commentary and uh yeah. Let's get well, it going here.
0: Well JBL is gonna protest this use of all of Undertaker's footage during the night to what well, he's interviewing with massive tool Josh Matthews backstage saying this entire pay per view is being built around the Undertaker yeah. Which I have to say I guess JBL didn't see the pay per view poster that's got his giant face. Right. On there. You know, I think they're just keeping things fair and balanced. He's got JBL on the poster where you see some Undertaker clips. They, it's, that's balance right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then uh, JBL continues to go into Trump mode here and says Why is this
2: entire pay per view biased toward The Undertaker? It's bad enough that in this swamp they call Jersey, that everybody out there really believes that tonight JBL will lose his championship. And then you have to show every time The Undertaker has won the title, you call that fair and balanced? What about JBL's greatest matches? What about JBL's title matches? You are as bad as Dan Rather in the entire liberal lying media.
0: Uh, (laughs) Just incredible, man. 15 years uh, before today, he's saying stuff like that. And I... he is about to guarantee that he's going to win tonight, but he can't quite get the word out. He stutters over right. the word guarantee and eventually says, you know what? If Undertaker's going to win tonight, he's going to have to take the WWE championship over my dead body.
1: More murder coming oh, our yeah. way. Bring <laughs> no it on. crypt, crypto. <laughs> murder, woo! Let's go. Well, um... Yeah, we get a video package for the main event recap and everything and all the goings on since SummerSlam. And main event time here is Tony Chimmel's going to tell us the rules. There will be no pinfalls, no count outs, no disqualifications. Stuff your opponent inside the hearse and have the hearse drive out of the arena for the last ride. So, and then Taker's old school music hits, and we dark blue, which I was bewildered They couldn't find a black hearse. It's like <laughs> navy blue, and Taz even says that, because Cole says it's black, and Taz like, no it's not, it's navy blue. Like, Taz calls him out, man, I love that. See, I'm half colorblind, I couldn't even tell
0: the difference. I, oh, yeah. I think all my black navy blue pants are the same anyway, so <laughs> I couldn't even tell.
1: Yeah, it's blue. It's like Peter uh, uh suit and I Love You Man.
0: There you go. (laughs) Well, uh, JBL is going to be entering first and he's got no Orlando Jordan with him because he was still recovering, I guess from being symbolized and he's got no longhorn limo with him. There's not room for two cars in the entryway, I guess, No. (laughs) but he, he, you know, he stops and takes a look at the hearse on the way out to the ring, but he's still looking pretty confident. He's still smiling and still ready to go tonight.
1: Sure, man. He is man. And, uh, then we get the entrance of what Michael Cole calls the perhaps the greatest superstar in the history of WWE Uh, can't argue with that yeah we say it every week on the show yeah Taker comes out here and we got this entrance that we're accustomed to to, and I I love the the low shots of Taker again like he's like it's 93 again you know him walking out and the the camera's real low just making him look even more larger than life and when he comes out he turns and checks out the hearse and just looks at it kind of stares it you know looks at JBL and I just man again I keep harping on his nuances but he is so good he knew exactly what because if he just bypassed that hearse it wouldn't have meant as much but like and just a glance at it he didn't have to mouth anything or say anything or do finger puppets or hand hand motions <laughs> like he was on Smackdown he just glanced at it kind of stared for about 10 seconds looked at JBL and then kept walking and it said so much without saying anything I just love it man he's so good
0: it was more than ten seconds, man.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was forty. I don't know, but it was a long time. But yeah. it was still.
0: I swear to God. I went when he started coming out, around the time of JBL's entrance, the end of his entrance, I went and put my dinner in the microwave, let it cook, took it out, went back on the couch and nearly finished eating it before Undertaker <laughs> made it to the ring. And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I love so I love everything you're saying. I'm just pointing out. It was so long. The
1: whole, entrance, I the whole entrance. Yeah, the whole entrance was so long. Was long.
0: But yet, yeah, you it but it added to it. It did it gave it yeah. presence and gave it uh it gave it that extra air and aura about it, but maybe maybe about a minute too long for me. Well
1: but. again, we gotta kill time, brother. You're right, a, man. It's a two hour it's a two hour weekly show. We're trying to build a three hour pay per view. So, you <laughs> know, it's a, it's an issue they have like nowadays. But anyway, I, um, I do
0: wish though. I, the arena wasn't big enough, but I wish Undertaker could have ridden that hearse out like he did at SummerSlam Dude. 92. That would have,
1: would have taken Walter. it over the top. Oh, man. Oh, man. That would have been great. So great. So great. Well, he's going to get in the ring and uh, stare a hole through JBL, who's starting to look nervous a little bit now, but JBL immediately attacks Taker right before the belly ring. So you know i appreciate the intensity from the get-go this is a personal rivalry now especially since he's you know abducted and symbolized his his chief of staff
0: that's right man they bring the intensity from the first minute here uh taker beats uh, beats jbl down in the corner and he's takes things over and goes to old school pretty immediately uh, after throwing some hands with jbl and I will say this. The commentary team says something really stupid during this time, and you mentioned they said on the episode of SmackDown, too, but they keep saying that The Undertaker has never defeated Bradshaw. He's never been able to defeat him. I just want to clarify that that is 100% not true. And, like, I kept thinking it in my head, well, of course he's defeated Bradshaw. And I had to go back and I just wanted to confirm this, but uh, not only did The Undertaker defeat Bradshaw... Justin Hawk Bradshaw on Monday Night Raw in like 1996. It was by disqualification because Mankind ran in and interfered. So okay, maybe that's a little iffy. But <laughs> there was a time when Undertaker was the Biker Taker. Uh, so this was this was in December of 2001, right after he turned heel. One of the first guys he faced was Bradshaw. Yep. And I looked it up on YouTube just to remind myself last night. And Farouk came out to steal Undertaker's bike from out of the ring. Yep. And then Undertaker pinned Bradshaw clean 100% in the ring. One, two, three. So those are just two examples. And I'm sure there are many others. And it just bugged me. I'll comment you <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. I, it's like they're going to go back. If you're going to go, you can't be half pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. So if you're going to go with the whole they have a history, let's go with it. You know, bring back the men's tree and... You never beat me. never be like, either go with it or don't go with it. I don't know. I just wish they would, would do it. So, um, anyway. Can you but be yeah. half
0: pregnant and be 24-7 champion?
1: No, you had to be full pregnant and okay. be 24-7 champion. So, <laughs> I wish she would have been champion for longer. That, that would have been great. That would have been fantastic television to watch her defend it all the time as pregnant. Anyway. Anyway, getting back to this. Um, yeah. Um, like I said, Taker's doing old school and um, – G- kind of got the one up on, on JBL here and quick punch into him and Big Boot takes JBL down and JBL gets on the upper hand here with a thumb to the eye. So mm. good heel work. That'll now. work. Appreciate it.
0: The announcers, I-, I will say they they say some dumb stuff, but actually overall appreciated what they were doing on commentary tonight. They actually are bringing up JBL's match with Hardcore Holly a few days ago mm-hmm. saying, uh, you know, he competed in that intense match. It's probably taking a big toll on him and – they're, they're playing into that. They're, and they're talking about how they're arguing over whether Undertaker has an advantage tonight. Michael Cole saying it's his type of match and Taz is saying, I don't know, man. I think he suits JBL more and, you know, right. no rules and stuff. So they're being balanced and, and saying different stuff. So I actually enjoyed that.
1: Oh yeah. Well, in the middle of all that banter, Taker nails a chokeslam out of nowhere, making Randy Orton happy, man. It just comes out of nowhere. It's so early in the match. And, he drags JBL to the apron, but JBL's holding on to prevent from leaving the ring. You know, he doesn't want to get dragged out to the hearse and lose the match. So, um, that's adds some drama. It's like in the I'm not a huge fan of silk cage matches where you gotta climb out, but I like the pinfalls. Um, because what the cage match is supposed to mean. But the climbing does add drama to the match, you know, and this part added a little drama to this match too. It's like the slow climb in a ladder match, you know. You gotta slow climb. You gotta hold on to the ropes here so you don't get dragged to the hearse.
0: Right, and it's well done, because it gives Undertaker the opportunity to do his apron offense, the elbows while JBL's on the apron, and then the old apron leg drop as well, as Michael Cole calls it Vintage Undertaker, which Uh, it is it is at this point, I guess. And Mm -hmm. Taker's got his eyes on the hearse, and starts dragging JBL up towards there, and they fight near the barricade, Undertaker throws JBL into the steps, whips him into there, and you know, it, it, it seems exciting as we're talking about it, but this crowd is not feeling it.
1: Well, they're not feeling it because, let's ask Michael Cole, it's because they're stunned by the intensity of this matchup. Yeah, there. that's it, that's
0: <laughs> it. I think this crowd here, this
2: crowd is stunned at the ferocity and the perfectness. The Undertaker's disabled the
0: champion. Everyone's
2: shocked that he was able, the Undertaker was able to... Excuse
0: me. That's
1: one way to how put would it. You, have you ever been stunned by the intensity of a match so much <laughs> that you're just sitting <laughs> on your hands? That's what. That's what I
0: typically uh, do in a wrestling show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If I'm really
0: into uh, it, I'm just silent.
1: <laughs> right. Wait, this is not Japan. You know, it's not Japanese fans. That's not how it works over here. So, yeah, it's just. They're trying to make excuses. At least, hey, at least they are not doing the wave. That's or true. Something, you know, they're disrespecting the guys. They're just not giving them any sound. So, but anyway, Taker's dominating here and whipping JBL very hard and in stairs. And I think is this where JBL? He winds up with a big old bruise on his right yeah. leg. Yeah, it's is this, this where he gets it from the stairs? Yeah. So, so he, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't pulling any any uh, punches there. I mean, he ran <laughs> into him pretty hard. So, um, and then uh. JBL starts ramming Taker's head onto the barricade for now and slamming the steel steps against Taker on the barricade and just really going, really taking advantage. Of there's no rules, you know, no DQ stuff. And he uh, Actually, JBL winds up dragging Taker to the hearse and making first contact. So
0: Yeah, they're, the they're hitting hard on each other here. Uh, the announcers are bringing up again SmackDown from a couple nights ago and saying uh, this is just like what JBL did to Hardcore Holly on that mm-hmm. night. So, again, commentary is... Being pretty on point with things here, uh, and but Taker fights back against uh, JBL, and they take it back to the ring here for a little while. And you know, I'm praising commentary, but I gotta call him out too because uh, JBL heads up to the top rope as Taz is like, "Oh, when was the last time we ever seen JBL go to the top rope?" But I'm sitting here like, "Last month, he did this yeah. at Summerslam. He did the flying <laughs> <laughs> shoulder block yeah. there." But. Uh, it was not as pretty looking as it looked at Summerslam. It's a sloppy looking dive off the top rope, probably because he had a giant bruise on his leg.
1: Yeah, his leg probably welping up, man. Probably hurt like crap. So, yeah, he hits that, and then he hits a swinging neckbreaker. So he had some some wrestling moves here. You know, not just brawling. And then uh, they're kind of on the on the ground here, and Taker reaches up and just locks on that triangle hold that kind of sideways triangle hold to JBL. And I just, in my note, I just wrote, there's no interest from the crowd no. about, this mat, about this move. It's just not over like it should have been.
0: It's um, not, man. And I, I guess it gets more over when he starts doing the Hell's Gate and they give it a name
1: and yeah. everything.
0: But he was trying out all these submissions during this time, and he loved doing them. But the crowd just it didn't, they never reacted to it during any of these times that we've seen it for, for a couple of years now. Yeah. But, uh, in a nicely done little spot, JBL starts tapping out to it. Yeah. Uh, but there's no submissions in this match, so it's not going to do anything. And the uh, announcers put over that he's just going to choke him out until he passes out, and that's what happens. JBL passes out in the triangle hold, and you can actually hear Nick Patrick saying, "Taker, he's out, he's out."
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and then the idea is going to be that Taker's just going to drag JBL's lifeless body to the hearse.
1: Oh yeah, he's going to take him up there and. So he's Taker stumbles to his feet and tosses JBL out of the ring and starts ripping apart the Spanish announce table, you know, getting it ready for deletion. And he he goes to whip JBL into the steps, but JBL reverses it. So he's got his his wits back about him and sends Taker into the steps. And you know, Taker takes his step a stair bump pretty well. Like and yeah. he has for a long time now. So. Really cool. But uh, in one cool spot, though, when Taker's dismantling the Spanish table, he actually threatens to hit Hugo Savinovich with the monitor. He <laughs> doesn't get out of the way. So I like
0: that. Announcer intimidation. That's something yeah. to do. That's uh, good. Well, JBL is going to go for a pile driver on the steps on Undertaker, but Undertaker reverses that and back body drops JBL straight to the floor in just a horrific nasty bump man jbl hits so hard on his back oh man i was just i could feel it man it was awful looking
1: it hurt me watching it and you know what like that guy we said it last week too about he didn't have to do some of these spots he didn't have to do some of these but he's i think he's wanting to prove to the fans that he's willing to you know um and he's trying to get over and this is like a it's like a Ric Flair bump, you know. Flair would take something like this yeah. unnecessarily, you know. But JBL's a way better guy than Ric Flair is, but like he takes his bump, man. He didn't have to. And it's it's nasty to see a guy that big take this bump, man.
0: He takes a beating, he gets his butt kicked and he gets his he, uh, he lets Undertaker gets his licks in and which is mm-hmm. he's giving the crowd what they want, man. They hate him yeah. and they want to see him get destroyed and he is getting destroyed and he's going to get beat up even more here.
1: Yeah, he really is, man. Yeah, take a close lines him into the audience and they Heading to the barricade, and then Taker actually winds up just kind of turning back around and going back to ringside. So they don't do too much, like, not Attitude Era-style brawling out there. But they at least go into the audience, which, which you know, pops the audience for a little bit, getting involved. And then Taker picks up JBL in the tombstone. On, like he, He's on the floor, standing on the floor, picks him up in a tombstone, and then walks up the steps, <laughs> which is sick yeah. to see that. It's awesome. So, Yeah.
0: And, I mean, he unloads it, dude. Gives him the tombstone <laughs> straight on the steps, and I mean, JBL's head hits the steps. Undertaker's knees hit the steps. The crowd yeah. starts chanting "Holy bleep!" and yeah. dude, the both these guys are going to be hurting tomorrow. They, they're going all out in this match, man. I'm kind of, I'm kind of loving it, man. They're beating the crap out of each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I honestly The more I was watching it and getting into it, the more I was liking it. Because again, neither one of those guys had to do that spot. You know, that's bad on Taker's knees. It's not good for a guy JBL size. But you know, I liked it. And this, um, well, I'll save my comment for later on. But yeah, this match definitely. I got more into it as it was going on, just seeing the beating that the heel was taking. That's what's supposed to happen in wrestling.
0: Me too. Man. You
1: you pay to see the heel lose.
0: Exactly. And he's he's taking it, dude. He gets busted open off that tombstone. Mm-hmm. Undertaker's elbowing him in that cut to bust him open more. And like we said last week, JBL has bled every single month every since month. he's turned heel. <laughs> sometimes on TV too. Yeah. Like he is he's pulling a Ric Flair, man, and just you know, mm-hmm. bleeding all over the place. And uh, but then he's gonna he's gonna keep fighting though. He grabs a chair from behind the announce table out of nowhere and just nails Undertaker in the head with. <laughs> I thought Taker was gonna get busted open.
1: I know. It was stiff, Ski, man. Mm-hmm. It was stiff. So, yeah. And then um, Taker is actually on his knees on the table. I think JBL's put him up there. And JBL grabs a chair and goes to hit him again. And Taker reaches up and goozles JBL. So stopping him. And then Taker's going to chokeslam JBL from the, I guess, English announce table through the Spanish announce table. So in a pretty cool spot. Again, nowadays we've seen it done a million times. But uh, back then it was it was fairly fairly new and very seldom used. So it, it made a lot of impact. And, again, seeing a guy this big as JBL go through a table is pretty impressive.
0: And it was timed so well in the match. Like they had built yes. to this spot. They had reached mm-hmm. a crescendo with these two guys. Each spot getting a little bit bigger. And then finally Undertaker fighting back to get that. And, you know, these guys – both these guys. I mean, JBL's been wrestling almost as much along as Undertaker has. You know, not at the same level. But, you know, he was there in Texas in the 80s, too, when he first got his start. Uh, and so, you know, both these guys have been around a long time. As a pros, dude. So they know how to time this spot. And it looks really well done. And Undertaker's mm-hmm. going to put JBL up on his shoulders after that. Uh, crowd is finally waking up. They're into this yeah. now. And Taker's carrying JBL Daggum all the way from the announce table all the way to the hearse at the back of the arena dude another impressive especially after 20 minutes of wrestling for him to carry jbl 300 pounds of him on his back all the way to the hearse yeah and he's gonna get as his reward for that he's gonna open up the door back door of the hearse and get welcomed by freaking heidenreich popping out of the hearse are you kidding me
1: yeah pop goes to heidenreich man just pops out like a little weasel and uh He's in his wrestling gear. (laughs) (laughs) He's in his, like, MMA gloves and red boots and red tights. He wasn't even, like, I don't know. That just took away from it for me. He's seeing him, like, in his wrestling garb. but Yeah, he jumps out goes right after Taker, punches him repeatedly. And then he goes into the hearse and digs back into 1993, was it? Um, and uh, pulls out the old ether slash chloroform (laughs) page out of Giant Gonzalez's book, which I'm not (laughs) sure anyone should read. I'm not sure it's legible. (laughs) 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 The great colleague can understand. (laughs) Audiobooks by Giant Gonzalez. (laughs) Yeah, or great colleague. Oh, man, that'd be great. But uh, anyway, yeah, he does the old... Ether, chloroform rag And uh, puts Taker out with it Throws him in the hearse
0: Yeah, and he Gives the old tap on the top of the hearse Heidenreich does to send it away And Heidenreich and JBL Are celebrating, but Oh no, it's not going to be it For Undertaker, so again, much like Giant Gonzalez in that match Undertaker is not going to be as affected By that ether, he's going (laughs) to storm back out To the ring, just like he did at Wrestlemania 9 and he comes, well, not back out to the ring, back out to the aisleway, and goes yeah. after Heidenreich, uh, beats him up, and but JBL pops up from out of nowhere, hits a clothesline from hell on Undertaker, and JBL and Heidenreich toss Undertaker into the hearse together as it drives out of the arena and officially gives JBL the win here in about 20 minutes as the bell rings, and JBL retains, barely gets away with it, keeping his WWE Championship yet again.
1: Yep, 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 exactly. We got a hearse Cam view earlier on where Taker's sitting up in it and it just, you know, all these matches he has that are kind of unique to him. They always have that camera. They always. I do appreciate yeah. that, man. The Crypt Cam, the Hearse Cam, the uh, Final Curtain Cam, whatever. We got all kind of cams. <laughs> we cameras, had the Crypt so. Cam a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so. But, yeah, JBL is bloody laying on the aisle, like well, you said. He's won the match, Heidenreich Bells. Uh, JBL is given his title and, and a microphone, and he gloats about beating Taker. He's like, I, I guaranteed victory. I am unbeatable. I am immortal. I am the greatest champion of all time. So, but that's not where the story ends, folks. Oh, no. We cut backstage and see some more goings on tonight. Heidenreich and his nefarious ways.
0: Sadly, it is not over. As if you thought an ether rag in 2004 <laughs> was not the most ridiculous thing. At least the announcers yeah. were not like, oh, I could smell that from here.
1: Right. I'm surprised right. Taz didn't say that. But Well, yeah. Well, it's only JR's. So got the hound dog nose. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the back
0: and we see the hearse pulling away. Into the garage, and wouldn't you know it, Paul Heyman gets out of the driver's side door, and he starts Uh. screaming across the garage to Heidenreich, who is now on the other side of the parking garage in the building, in a freaking Bronco!
1: (laughs) Bronco. Of all
0: the cars, it could be it in, in 2004. Is it a freaking Bronco? It's like an 88 Bronco. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's not even like a recent car. It's not nice. It's like an 88. I mean, I loved it. It looked great. I would love to have that. But, but yeah, it's it probably actually his personal car.
0: Well, I don't know why on earth that's what they chose here, but right. Heyman beckons towards him, and Heidenreich slams the Bronco full speed into the side of the hearse, attempting to murder the Undertaker. So. Not only did Heidenreich ruin a perfectly good match here, he also ruined a freaking Bronco, just the most beautiful car ever. So, yeah, so much for hurts. him beating up Josh Matthews. Uh, I, I loved right. him for that, but he's got all the heel heat. heat in the world for me now.
1: Oh yeah, god damn it, man!
0: Ruined a Bronco. <laughs> what is <laughs> this? That. What is happening?
1: I don't know, man. That's just something you shouldn't do. You should not do that. So,
0: because it's not even like
1: a cool way to like dismantle it like in uh, the Hollywood Backlot Brawl. That was neat. That made sense. (laughs) But yeah, he just, like unnecessarily here, ruins a perfectly good car. So yeah, he hits it. And um, you know, if you're driving, any of you listeners, if you've ever been T-boned and, you know, not driving a hearse, but driving a car, if you've ever been T-boned and when the car hits you, uh, it explodes into a burst of flame, just let us know. Because for some reason on wrestling, there's always like an explosion like it's not just a fender bender it's like oh they were driving with dynamite in the (laughs) backseat of course you gotta add on it's
0: not (laughs) enough to just hit somebody (laughs) with a car
1: yeah it's very theatrical but anyway in all seriousness though uh, he is it and and, uh, Heyman's like (gasps) like, he like walks out of the smoke and he's like (gasps) you did it you did it and Heidenreich gets out of the Bronco and he's got a bloody nose and a bloody ear and he looks at his destruction and Heyman's like oh well we got we got to go now. We got to go now. You did it. You did it. And they leave as the show fades to black. So that's that's the end of this show, you know?
0: Paul Heyman so, just cannot get enough with murdering, trying to murder people.
1: <laughs> He's specifically this The man. Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, man, like I think I've said it before, but like I did not realize how his greatest foe is might not be Kane. It might not be Sean. It might not be Mick Foley. It might not be Triple H. It might not be anybody else. It might be Paul I didn't Heyman. like
0: – oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Paul Heyman, yes, correct. It, seriously, Hayden has been a thorn in his side for years, yeah. and he will continue to be. We'll will continue to cover it. I mean I did not remember the longevity of this feud being, well, to be redundant, so long. I mean, it's it's lasted for 15 years, 18 years. It's crazy. That's because Mean
0: Mark ditched him in WCW, (laughs) left him behind. He's been seeking revenge ever since then.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man. I hate where this is headed. I hate Heidenreich, uh, you know, sorling a good... I'll say, I'll say good match. It wasn't, a, a, I wouldn't say it's a great, you know, five star match, but it was a good match. You know, I really liked the way it built. It was a very, this was, was going to say earlier, I said I'll save it. It's a very NWA style match to me. Looking back on it, it wasn't really a WWE main event style main event, in my opinion. It was more of an NWA, um, WCW type, early WCW match where, you know, we we said the name Ric Flair several times tonight. Um, he was basically playing Flair here. You know, and Taker was whatever, Vader, Steamboat, you know, whoever it was. He was he was the, the, the baby face. I mean, JBL took a beating. He was the obnoxious heel you wanted to see get beat up. He, he told you all the stuff that you didn't want to hear. But then he sniveled his way out and won the match no matter what. Like, he's basically just taking the page out of Flair's book, in my opinion, man. And I just, I do like that. I really do appreciate his heel work here and how, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way about that, but I really do. I did enjoy it. So,
0: I'll go you one better, man. I I thought it was a great match. I kind of loved it, and I I just I, I agree with everything you said. But it, to me, this was just a couple of hosses beating the crap yeah. out of each other. A couple of a couple of men being men yeah. out there. Like, kind of reminded me of like Vader and Stan Hansen. Just sure. like the way it just you just add in some weapons, some tables, and yeah. stairs, and chairs, and all that. And I know JBL obviously emulated Stan Hansen and wanted to be like him. And, right. And uh, this reminded me of that, if you just upgraded it a few years into the 2000s. And sure. Again, it's just, I, I would never have expected to say that uh, about these no, two guys. Me and I don't remember it being as good as it was, but yep. I was shocked by how much I enjoyed it. And uh, it just shows you, it's just because they, they went out there and, and brought it. They gave it their all mm-hmm. and gave, just sacrificed their bodies and I'm sure they felt horrible the next day, but it entertained yeah. me. And uh, again, it's just completely ruined and probably ruined people's memories by the ending of it. Um, right? With this crap with Heidenreich and it's it's so cartoonish, man. Like
1: it's it really is. I,
0: I don't think any time anyone's ever been run over with a car in wrestling history has ever really gotten somebody excited to buy the next pay per view with Hulk Hogan ran over The Rock or. Shame a man tried to run over Kane and threw him under the 18 wheeler and whatever, all that crap. Right. Him.
1: Well, like, Austin, he was out for like a year. So, you know, that you did have to, that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. But um, then when they
1: executed that, it was terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when,
1: they brought, when they finished that story, it was yeah. terrible. You're right, man. You're right.
0: It's, so. it, it's goofy. It's silly. And. Heidenreich is not the guy to pull it off, either. No. Unfortunately, we're going to have to continue down that road next week as we head into Survivor Series 2004 and the continuation of this ridiculousness with Undertaker and Heidenreich.
1: What's his name again? Heidenreich. Okay, thanks. Now, one thing I will add. No, I will never I did appreciate it. It reminded me of like the the mid 90s area with uh, like Taker specifically where like one feud would end and kind of just snowball right into the next one. I do like that. I'll try to look at the silver lining here, but I hate that it's like He's getting exactly. placed with, but I do like how one just kind of rolls right into the next. So that I will appreciate and, and applaud. But um, I would have shaved a couple minutes off this match, but I did. I did really like. It. I liked it more than I think. Um, well, I definitely liked it more than I thought I would. But um, <laughs> and the more I thought about it, like it was really, it was a really, really good match, man. I don't care what Meltzer gave it. We both liked it. Two thumbs up from the talking taker creatures. Yeah,
0: surprisingly enough. Um, And we'll keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride next week as we continue on through this. But we want to hear your opinions. We gave you ours. We want to hear what you thought of this. Did you hate it? Uh, Did you see it as a hidden gem as well as something uh, better than you remembered it to be? Go back and revisit it. Check it out or maybe watch it for the first time if you never have before. And hit us up with your feedback at Taker on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We love reading all your comments and interacting with you on the social media platforms. And of course, you can connect with us through all the different podcasting services as well, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, YouTube, all that good stuff. If you can, go back and uh, give us a rating or a review, subscribe to the podcast to make sure you get it Delivered to you whenever it comes out, and uh, we'll interact with you on there. Uh, I do have a few comments to read for this match. Uh, over on Facebook, we got something from Matt Guy, uh, the Matt Guy, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> hey,
1: but uh, great wrestling hey. name right there, yeah, yeah, uh, Matt Guy, Matt Guy, it never goes up top, it never goes no, on He's like a, a real mad guy. guy, yeah, <laughs> or Jim Hurd, Drew the Gulag. Jim yeah. yeah, Uh
0: He said, "Return to the ministry on SmackDown," and then gave us the facepalm emoji. Oh. <laughs> I disagree, man. I give it the praise hands <laughs> emoji.
1: <laughs> I would have given that even more if I had Midian. Golly, yeah. can't tease me like that.
0: Give it the old eye emoji for Midian, I guess. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> then we had over on Instagram, BQEG was commenting on take her easy the song gave it a couple fire emojis we're all about the emojis this week (laughs) saying gotta add this to my yahoo playlist so you know we'll work on it we'll sit right now it's available on youtube you can download it on there who knows maybe it'll be on spotify or itunes one day but continue to go grab that take her easy song add it to your summer playlist and Go check out Travis's other music. We posted a link to that on our Twitter page. And so you can go check out his other tunes as well. If you enjoy Take Her Easy, you'll enjoy his other stuff.
1: Take Her Easy ain't going nowhere until I get sued by Don Henley or, so. <laughs> or Glenn <laughs> Frey. or whoever else is in the Angels. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. Joe Walsh will care. He's a man. He's the man. Nah, he'd so be cool with Anyway, man. yeah. It even says a parody. So we're not making a dime off of it. So don't worry. It's fine. Fair use rights. That's right, use man. Rights. So, Weird Al gets good. away with
0: it. You can get away with it. Yeah,
1: no doubt. So, yeah, man. Thank you guys for uh, enjoying that. I think Randy Turco posted a video of uh, a little, uh, what's it called? GIF? GIF? Yeah. Meme. Meme. Whatever it was of him enjoying while, while mowing the lawn. So, <laughs> appreciate it, Randy. He showed Thanks a picture of
0: Mimi from the Drew Carey show?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoying it while she was mowing the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> very <laughs> inventive. Weird. <laughs> yeah, very inventive. But anyway, thank you guys for joining us for these last two years. Again, some of you, if you've been there for the last two years, let us know. We'd love to know that. Because some of you we used to interact with a long time ago. When we haven't heard from you, you still give us some moment, some uh, you know responses and feedback every now and then. But we want to know if you've been there since day one, you know, for the last two years. Uh, thanks. And thanks to our wives <laughs> for putting up with this for two years. We got a long ride to go. We will not take our last ride yet. But oh, no. if you were there in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Continental Airlines Arena on October 3rd. Let us know why you were sitting on your hands during this match. Thanks for not waving, but um, let us know what you thought of it, what your memories are if you were there. But um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, just like the song says, take her easy.
2: Look at my car. What did they jump to my car? This is all I got. This is all I got. Look at my car. The glass is just falling, it's broken. My seats have got glass all over I can't sit in and drive this car like this. I've cut myself to death. Look at the, t- well, the top's not too bad. Maybe I can just clean the top off. Oh my God, this is a classic. This is my signature gold series. This is a Lincoln sound car. They don't make them like this anymore. Look at, well, the store was not too bad. i might like a theater. What do you want? I don't know who the hell you think you are, but you don't answer my phone calls. We've been calling you all week. You don't return my emails. We had to come all the way out here to Fresno. Fresno. Fresno.